Humans, welcome to the final episode of Summaries with Chad. Okay, dudes. It's been a long time since uh, the last episode even. That was on October 11th, which is like the twins' birthday in Parent Trap. Shout out to Lindsay Lohan. But um, I was obviously like going to record um, probably one or two more episodes. But life has been crazy this 2020. And I didn't get to record as much as I wanted to. And I also spent pretty much all of 2020 sick more sick than i even knew and it was not COVID that made me sick that made me sick mentally like you know depressed because we were forbidden to do things but i also didn't really feel any different in quarantine because i was a chill person anyway so it, it really wasn't much um but if you listen to the last episode then you know about my new diagnosis of multiple sclerosis and that's really so crazy to say even now it's crazy that I have MS but I'm also grateful that I know because uh, I took a hard fall and uh, it brought me higher in a lot of ways I mean I think I am more consciously a a self-aware person I mean I've always kind of been like free-spirited but definitely more so nowadays and uh What's really crazy about this year is I still managed to move out of my parents' house and I've been here this whole time. But um, November 23rd, actually, I went back to the hospital because while while working, I started walking kind of crazy and like pimp walking, but but not trying to pimp walk. I was walking real slow. I was getting like way more fatigue, way more dizzy in the head. Like, I would turn to the left and then woo, 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 woo. Literally, that's what it felt like. I was underwater a lot. And I was like, this is very familiar. This feeling is very familiar. I know this feeling from August when um, before I went to the hospital. And my stomach was hurting a lot more then. I was, like, feeling sick all the time. And I was hungry, but I couldn't eat. You know what I mean? It was very weird. And um, a few times while being at work, I, like... My bladder was like overreactive. I like had a couple of accidents, but they were like small enough for me to like play it off. Um, But big enough for me to notice and be like, oh my goodness about it. And um, basically um, I checked myself into the ER again. And it's so funny because like um, they recognized me at the hospital. It was like a celeb status again. But like for good and bad reasons, like good because, you know, my personality, you know, I'm Michelle, I'm a very silly person. So a lot of people recognize that in me and they were like, what's up? First of all, and second of all, what are you doing back here? And I was like, uh, <laughs> um, but basically what had happened was I had an exacerbation or a flare up. I didn't really even know the word exacerbate until I went to the hospital and I was like, oh, I like exacerbation. That's a good word. So I use that a lot, but it's basically like um, when you overdo it. And so when I moved into my apartment, it all happened very quickly. Like I got the job, boom, got an apartment, boom. And then I had to move in in the month 
uh, November, which I was hoping to move in December, but um, I found an apartment. It was beautiful and it was pretty cool for me. And I was like, I can afford this. I'm going to do this. So um, I had to move, 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 move so quickly. And like we moved in in about two or three days. And then um, I took a rest for like maybe like six or seven hours. Like I went to sleep, woke up, missed the beginning of church because I was uh, moving into my new place and I moved all my clothes, all the stuff from my bathroom, went to the Dollar Tree and bought a bunch of stuff. Cause you know, I like Dollar Tree. I just can't, it can't get no more food from there. But I, <laughs> I went there to get just a bunch of random stuff that I needed, like little stuff that I was like, I'm not gonna spend like $5 on, um, detergent pellets or like pellets I don't even know detergent pellets or like dish soap spray or um just little stuff like a scrubbing brush for my dishes I was like I can get that for one dollar down the street so I did all of that and uh thinking like it'll just be little stuff here and there but the thing about me is as a seven it's like go 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 just keep going and like do it and I didn't listen to my body enough and uh, I overdid it. And um, so Friday after work, I was like, oh, so grateful for just the weekend because I was on a job where you had to work like eight hour days. And the thing about it as a behavior therapist, you don't always know when you have to go to work. You don't know until after work or the night of the night before the next day. Um, so I looked at my, I would look at my schedule every day and it was different. Like one day it's 8.30, one day it's nine o'clock, one day it's eight o'clock. And sometimes in, in the middle of the day, they would change it or right before you had to get there. You know what I mean? And it was so weird. Um, but also it makes sense. Like being back in the hospitals, like you understand it, like you have to be flexible and everybody has to be flexible because things are willing ready to change whenever and you have to just be ready to move with the flow and I'm pretty much that kind of person so it was cool I was ready to move with the flow and uh basically I I was doing too much and like if you follow my Instagram then you know that like I was working out early in the morning and then like chilling for like maybe an hour and then eating breakfast taking my vitamins cooking brain food, you know, and then I would go to work. And then after work, I would come home and then immediately go back to the gym and work out for 20, 30 more minutes. So I was doing like two a days on top of an eight hour job with MS. So I was like, I was grinding, you know what I'm saying? And I felt pretty good. Like I didn't feel like, oh my God, I should stop, you know? Um, but when I was moving into my apartment, I like took a break from working out. Cause I was like, that's, I'm doing too much. Um, but that was like all. And then when I finally had everything moved in, it took me forever to just like unload the boxes because I was like um, fatigue, you know, but I and I just didn't want to do it. And I was like overwhelmingly lazy, like overwhelmingly not in the mood. It was crazy. Um, and so I was like, well, um, basically I was walking and then, you know, my apartment had stairs, which my occupational therapist from at-home therapy told me, if you, if you move out, this is awesome. This is a great job, but you should look into living on a first floor apartment. And I was like, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And then, man, 
I said, dang, she right. She was right. Because I didn't even feel like it. Even before I was feeling super fatigued, man, I didn't even feel like going downstairs to, like, let anybody in or open, I mean, put my trash out. I just was way too lazy, like... Um, at first I was like, yeah, these stairs are going to be good. I can get my steps in. I can like do fitness, man. Before I was even like walking like a pimp, you know, I was like, I'm too lazy to go downstairs. I'm too lazy to like pull my weight. You know, I just didn't feel like it. And, um, so then when I got sick, like, I, I mean, I was stumble inside. Like I was drinking, stumble downstairs. Like I was drinking, like it was really bad it really reminded me of when the cop pulled me over on the side of the road um if you listen to the first episode you totally know what I'm talking about it was crazy I mean not the first episode but the episode before this one and I was feeling crazy so um basically I went back to the hospital and that was the 23rd like three days before Thanksgiving and they were like you'll be out of here probably in three days but we'll let you know and in my head, I was like, man, they ain't gonna let me out of here in three days. So, you know, the week came and went. Thanksgiving came and went. And a lot of people, it was like good and bad because a lot of people were away from their families in general this this holiday season. So it kind of made it a little bit easier. And I was like in a really depressing state. So I didn't really want to be around family and stuff. And I was taking offense to like everything, everything, you name it. Man, it didn't even have to be an offensive thing, but everything bothered me. Everybody bothered me. And I was like, I know it's MS and mood swings. They kind of go hand in hand. But like human beings and mood swings, women and mood swings, those all go hand in hand. So it was like that times 10, you know. And I was just like, how am I going to get through this? You know, and then insurance, that's a whole nother thing. And then insurance during the holidays, whole nother thing. So I had to sit around and literally wait. And what I hated about it was like, I'm just sitting there. My body's like melting, getting weaker by the day because I'm either laying down all day or I'm sitting in a recliner all day doing nothing. How am I supposed to grow if I'm not even being active? And me as a person who was like working out hardcore, not being able to be active, it was kind of like pissing me off. And um, they were like, well, we want you to go to rehab, but we have to wait for the insurance to approve it. And uh, so I was waiting and there was a rehab in the hospital that I was in. And I chose that one this time because my neurologist is there. Um, I wouldn't have to drive all the way across town in an ambulance because I didn't want that charge. And um, and uh, it was just a lot closer to home, like when I was finally free to go, whenever that was going to be. So they made the decision that I needed to go to rehab again. And I was like, yay, but also no, because it was a different place. And man, okay, rehab was interesting. First of all, this rehab, um, there was a lot of pros and cons to it. A lot of similarities and a, a a a a whole lot of differences. So first things first, they have roommates in this rehab center. So when I was in rehab downtown, it was much bigger space and I was by myself. Um, And I again was in a wheelchair, but the wheelchairs downstairs, downstairs, downtown uh, had like you didn't you couldn't direct the wheels on where they go. You had to be pushed everywhere. So when I was in my room, I was like working my legs all the time because I had to scoot across the floor or scoot across here and there, you know, so that I think helped me get strength. 
Um, but the difference was that these hospitals, there was a roommate and, um, I was, I had to like learn how to like actually work a wheelchair, which was very eye opening because I, it was kind of like learning how to drive a car. Very different, very challenging. Um, and then, you know, my roommate, when I got there the first time they rolled me into this woman's room and I was so bad that I couldn't even stand up by myself. My torso midsection area was gone. It was like jello. I couldn't even walk. I couldn't do anything. It was very bad. It like escalated or decreased. My strength decreased like daily. Every hour, it was just getting weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. I remember being in the hospital before I went to rehab and she was like, do you want to brush your teeth? And I was like, heck yes, I want to brush my teeth. So she um, put me up to the sink and she had me stand there at the sink and I was just leaning over the sink. I couldn't stand up. It was too tiring. And brushing my teeth was what, maybe a five minute situation. And by the time I was done, I felt like I had run like 30 minutes, like a mile or two miles. I mean, I was so, so beat, so tired, so tired. I was kind of scared. I was depressed because I was like, I can't even brush my teeth without feeling like I ran a four laps like I was like really defeated um so when I got to this rehab they had to weigh me when I checked in and I was pissed because I didn't want to be weighed because that's another thing and I'll get to this but like you know I had been eating like crazy upstairs at the the time I went the first time I had no appetite when I was in uh, the hospital in August couldn't eat nothing couldn't drink nothing didn't want to and when I was upstairs this time, my pee was like this this disgusting yellow color because I hadn't been drinking water because I was afraid to. Because I was like, if I drink water, I'm going to have to pee every second. And I'm afraid to pee every second because I have to call somebody to take me to the bathroom and they'd be taking forever. And I didn't want to be waiting. So I just chose to not pee um, or not drink water so I didn't have to pee. So that's not good. But... Um, I eventually, you know, right before I left, was starting to drink more water because I was like, I'm not trying to have no UTI or anything like that. So let me go on and pee. Let me make it work. So I did that. Um, but anyways, I couldn't stand when they took me to the, the scale to weigh. It was like this huge warehouse looking scale. They had to like take me out of the wheelchair, hold me up, sit me on the, the, the what is it, the scale. And then I had to step off of it because they had to reset it and then get back on it. And they were all helping me. You know, it was like two people, I think, helping me at the time. It was super scary. And I weighed myself and I was like, you know, a pretty consistent weight. The weight that I was at, um, I was still smaller than I was the first time I left rehab. So I was like, all right, cool. Even though this was weird, that was cool. And then they wheelchaired me into my room. And man, I had a roommate and she was talking loud. Hey, yeah, I, um, you know what? How are you feeling tonight? Not to me. She was on the phone talking that loud, right? On the phone. Um, then she didn't know what stop talking means. She talked all night. She talked in her sleep, giving like full monologues in her sleep. <laughs> like whispers talking in her sleep. And then she would burp. Ow! the biggest loudest burps I've ever heard in my life like louder than I burp louder than like anybody I know 
she burped and it sounded like five people burping at the at one time it was insane and then not only that she would fart and she would poop and i don't know why she wasn't pooping in the um bathroom that we had because we had just one bathroom for two people and she was like (laughs) like the poop you could hear every poop sound drop in the toilet right she pooped enough for both of us okay i was like can y'all count her poop as my poop because dang and then every pellet drop and then she made sex sounds and i you know i hate sex sounds if you're not doing it why the heck you making those sounds she was like oh yeah uh uh, uh, yes and she would poop like middle of the night poops like 3 a.m to 5 a.m she was pooping so that first night that i was in there man when i say i got three hours of sleep and that's it that's it and i was terrified because i was like okay i'm in rehab which is cool but how am i gonna get better if i'm not even getting sleep and like you know that i'm bigger big on sleep now because of Dr. Daniel Amen. Um, if you listen to the last podcast, you know, like, I'm obsessed with Dr. Daniel Amen and Sean Stevenson. He wrote the, I mean, he wrote, he um, is the host of the Model Health Show. That's a whole nother thing. But both of them are huge on sleep. And they tell me, I've learned from listening that the three key ingredients of weight loss, for those of you who really are trying to, you know, lose weight or regulate your weight, was nutrition you know, nutrient-dense foods, sleep, and physical um, fitness, activity. And they said work out um, less, but eat more, meaning like work out less. You don't have to hit an hour every day in the gym, pumping extra weights, hardcore, boom, 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 and then fasting. You know what I'm saying? Because that's good to a certain extent, but the more nutrient dense foods you're eating the better because if you're like choosing to not eat then your body's like well dang the next time you eat i'm gonna i'm gonna hold on to it because who knows when you're gonna eat again and that's why you still gain even though you you know skipping meals and doing this and that it's like yo man or if you are fasting when it comes your time to eat go in and eat eat everything that uh that you need to make sure it's nutrient dense but really eat don't be like okay it's time to eat i'm gonna get a salad and some air and uh some ice that's all i'm eating it's like no dude that's not really food like so just eat food don't be afraid of food but that's a whole nother thing um but anyways back to the roommate she was burping and stuff like that it was super loud and my uh doctor came in and she was like she asked me the same freaking questions every day which my doctor at in the other rehab he didn't even check on me that much so i'm like why is she in here every day anyways she was like um how are you doing how are you eating and and how did you sleep and i just looked at her and stared and i shook my head no like real fast um and she was like what do you mean you didn't get any sleep and i said well i don't want to be rude I really don't want... Because, you know, we were separated by a curtain. So I was like, I don't really want to say anything negative. But, you know, she was very active all night. And it was like, no sleep. And I, they gave me earplugs. They didn't work. I could hear right through them um, earplugs. And so I ordered some noise-canceling earphones online. And I knew they would be delivered to... I think my mom's house is where they were delivered. But I was not here. So I was like... 
they somebody can drop them off for me. But by that time, child, they were like, we're going to go ahead and move you. I didn't even have to say, can I be moved? I didn't have to ask nothing, right? They went ahead and moved me that the next, that morning, actually. So I went to rehab and everybody took it pretty slow on me. And at the time I didn't have speech therapy. I just had OT and, and physical therapy. And, um, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't have to ask anything. So they rolled me into another room and I was the only person in that room. It was amazing. It was awesome. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can actually probably sleep. So I was like listening to my devotionals. I was meditating with Headspace. I could do all that stuff because I tried it that night before playing music and stuff. But I was like, if the more sounds that I make, the more inviting I think she would feel to talk and make noise. And um, I could be pretty talkative, as you know, from listening to this podcast. But uh, I, uh, man, I was quiet. I was like laying on my back with my eyes wide open, terrified all night. But I was texting my sister. We were cracking up like via text because of all the sounds she kept making. And oh, my God, bro, that was crazy. So when they moved me, I was like, okay, this could actually be cool because they listen to the patient's needs. And that's awesome. Um, so that was a difference or whatever. Another difference was when it came to the food, I had to order my food, um, daily. When I was in the rehab downtown, the difference was they gave you a menu and you had to write it out. So the first two days I had someone write it for me because I was too insecure to use my handwriting. Cause it was like, it was shot. It was gone, you know? And, uh, by the end of rehab, you know, I think the third day I was there that time, I started writing it myself. And if it wasn't um, decipherable, I would erase it and try again, you know, and I would turn it in when I could or have one of my therapists turn it in for me. And that was pretty awesome. And then uh, my uh, this place they you had to call in. So I would call at like, you know, Sometime at first, I was just ordering breakfast for the next morning. And then come breakfast, like um, a few hours before lunch, I would order my lunch and dinner. And then the next day, do it or in the or like lunch and then dinner and breakfast. When lunch came, I would order dinner and then breakfast. And then I eventually got to a place where I was like ordering the whole menu. Um, but what was really terrible about that, this is really sad. And if you've been in the hospital, you know. Food, the food there is good because they're trying to get you to, you know, get better. They're trying to get you to eat if you're not eating and stuff. But the choices were terrible, especially for me because I'm really into brain food now. And I'm not like a food snob, but I'm just way more cautious about what I'm eating, you know. And a lot of that food was not good for me. They didn't have any salmon, which that sounds diva-esque, but it's the truth. If I'm going to eat fish... It's going to be selective fishes, not like tilapia or undecipherable, unnameable fish. What the heck is this fish? Okay. And uh, they didn't season nothing unless you asked for it. And uh, they had mac and cheese. So when I was upstairs, I was eating everything. You name it. Carb after carb, chocolate, graham crackers, stuff that my body didn't need. And especially because I have MS, I definitely didn't need it. Right. Um. So that was disgusting to me. I hated that. And then once I uh, moved to a room by myself, I was like, yo, yo, 
change your diet because you have come way too far and this is an exacerbation flare-ups happen but you don't have to stay in a flare-up you will if you're eating terribly so i had to go ahead and switch that up and another thing i started doing i'll get to it um in another segment but basically i'll stop here but i was it was my flare-ups and those were bad um another difference is, is uh I guess similarities was I ended up having to take speech therapy, but um, another similar thing was I was nailing it left and right. And the thing about this time is like when I was in speech therapy downtown, a lot of it was um, via iPad or, um, you know, a lot of it was electronic. This place, it was like throwback. You was doing like schoolwork, you know what I'm saying? Like math problems and showing your work and stuff like back in the day kind of stuff. So I had to do a whole thing on fractions, a whole thing on like pints and cups and, you know, gallons. And how much is this if it's this and I mean, recipes and stuff. But I was nailing it. One of the things I had to do was make a graph and that was stressful. But I figured it out the first time. Then she gave me another graph. That one was it was just like weird. And even she had trouble with it. A lot of it I was struggling with. And then she did it. She was like, I don't know what this is. And I was like, all right, so I'm not tripping. It's not my cognitive because your cognitive just is messed up then. Because a lot of it was hard, you know what I'm saying? And not like challenging hard, like forget it hard. It was just like, it, you gonna, it's going to take some time, you know what I'm saying? But she was also a musical theater lover. So we talked a lot about musical theater. That was cool. Um, she grew up Church of Christ, which, you know, I was a CLC kid. So I understood a lot of it. Um, but she also, she's a traveler like she loves to travel with her husband and kid and she loves like eating out like restaurants and food so we talked a lot about that but that whole side of me it's almost gone like it's changed a lot like they're going to be specific restaurants if I'm able to eat out again I say if it's because of COVID but I'm going to have to be really selective on what I choose to eat because you know processed food is real and it's out there so you have to have to really be careful you know what I mean but uh Anyways, that's another similarity. And uh, so I nailed speech therapy. But the difference is like a lot of what I was doing was um, paperwork, like literal pencil and paper, writing stuff down. Um, Something that I didn't really like about it was I felt like I was being babied a lot and they had lower expectations for me. Like the process was much slower than it was the first time around like they was pushing my butt we was doing hardcore workouts like you know what I'm saying I was working out okay and here it was like crazy crazy simple stuff but you know I say it's simple because I'm growing and I'm getting stronger but like stuff that I'm like step up on this paper rail I mean this like whole what do they call them when when the printer like a paper not stack but like you know you have to buy like a paper ream um they like put duct tape on a paper ream and it looked like a uh those old school like book covers when you used to cover your books with like duct tape those were the days back then but that's what it looked like and I had to step up and step down and step up and step down and one person she covered my hands and I had to feel if I had to see if I could feel the um the poking she poked my hand and I had to tell her if I could feel it or not and if so where did I feel it and then she put stuff in my hands and I had to tell her what it was 
like oh that's a key that's a uh, screwdriver that's a this and a lot of the times the first time I was so wrong I was like not getting it but I'm like I don't know if that's MS or if that's just a human thing you know what I mean it was hard to tell because I feel like some people would still be confused by that you know what I mean and some of it was MS purposes I don't think but I don't think all of it was and I could be saying that ignorantly but I don't know um another thing they did that I didn't like was that they were insistent that I was in a wheelchair rolling around in a wheelchair I only stood when I was supposed to stand and anything even in my chairs like reclining chair because I chose to sit there because I didn't want to lay down but they had no other place for me to like chill so I had to sit in the recliner and I would uh be sitting in sideways my legs hanging off the arm because i was like i'm trying to like be cool you know what i'm saying but i didn't want to just be sitting up and down da, da, da. so i was sitting in that wheelchair and um anytime i tried to stand or fix myself or like scoot up because my butt would fall asleep in two seconds the alarm would go off it sounded like a super mario game anytime i stood up and i hated that you know so the 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 point is for me they enabled me in my opinion, a lot more than I wanted to be. Um, They took care of me in a lot of ways, but they also enabled me in a lot of ways. But I had a nurse. Her name was uh, Julia Roberts, which is crazy. But she was an amazing woman. She reminded me of my friend Sarah. Um, But she had, like, cool red hair. And I don't know how old she was, and I didn't ask. I didn't dare to ask. But I'm not afraid to say how old I was. You know, but anyway, she was... um, she would sit down like and talk to me like even though she was on shift and had other customers who needed help uh, customers patients who needed help she would sit there and listen to me talk and another nurse selvi she was amazing i mean there was a lot of amazing nurses there you know what i mean and they were also encouraging especially when they saw me grow they're like wow you're moving around so well and to me i was like nah as long as i have to be using a walker i don't feel like i'm doing better you know because I was trying, I was comparing my first experience to this experience, and they were only two months apart before I was back. And I feel like, you know, I was, I would cry. I, I had a few sessions where I didn't even do anything but cry. And, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily a crier. I'll cry, but I usually cry in peace, or, or I'll get teary eyed. Most places I probably cry are weddings and funerals. So, you know what I mean? Or like movies or TV shows. But I don't really like cry cry in front of people because I just, I don't know. I just never have been that kind of person. But man, I was crying and not like, <gasps> you know, I wasn't breathless. You know how you can cry so many times you can't even talk. I usually do that from laughing. I cry when I'm laughing so hard. But I would get teary eyed a lot because I was just emotional. And I felt like a lot of people were kind of treating me like I was remedial and I don't mean that in a negative way but yes it feels negative because it kind of was it was a lot of babying and I think on the Enneagram I was surrounded by twos like no offense to Moise no offense to anybody else that I know that's a two but like super helpful but but they're usually invasive and they're in your face when you don't want it they and they they love to play the victim it was a lot of that around me, and I hated it. I hated it so much. You know what I'm saying? Um, but basically, 
that was really stressful for me. So while I was in the hospital, and as you know, I had I had I was working as a behavior therapist. But while I was in the hospital, um, at first my job was cool. Like they they were like, "You're sick, cool. Um, you get better. Happy Thanksgiving, and keep me posted on you know what's going on." So I did. Kept her posted, and she eventually um, she gave me like 40 hours you know I guess I don't even know like now a lot of it doesn't make sense but I got like paid for time off you know and then I eventually had to uh uh she was like hey I think you're gonna have to resign because you know it seems like you're gonna be there much longer than expected and so I don't want to like be waiting for you because you know a lot of these kids need they need help and they need it now um, pretty much. She didn't say that, but that's pretty much it. And I was like, okay, sure. I'll go ahead and send you an email when I get a chance. And then I told my mom and she was like, don't send that email. I told my dad, he said, don't send that email. And then right when my psychiatrist, he came to visit me, my psychiatrist. And he was like, don't send that email. My caseworker said, don't send that email. And I say, you know what? Way too many people are telling me not to send the email. And, uh, you know, I know they were doing it for medical advice, but not just because they were trying to be getting my business and tell me what to do. They were just like, I think cognitively, um, you're trying to be a pleaser. And I don't think you should do that because they're taking away your opportunities to get unemployment just until you like can actually find work. You're still going to have bills to pay, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, my gosh, they could be right. Like, I should probably wait. So I told her, like, I don't, I'm not going to resign. I'm going to um, I'll keep you posted on what happens. She was like, great. So does that mean that you're going to come back to work? How exciting. And I was like, oh, she she trying to be smart. Like she trying to play me on the cool. And not, that really hurt my feelings. But I didn't say nothing. I said, don't overread it because she could also mean that I'm going to be better. And I could be getting much better than I thought, you know? So I was like, let me not say nothing. Let me just be cool. So then told my mom that, told my caseworker that, told one of my nurses that. She was like, wow, how dare her say that to you? And I was like, all right, so I'm not tripping. Like, that is kind of messed up. Um, And she was like, yeah, like, I don't think that's the nicest thing she could do. Like, and uh, because I had only literally been there, I started in October and this was December by this time, she told me. So I'd only been there for like a full month, maybe two. So I didn't qualify for FMLA or short term disability, which I signed up for those things. But because I hadn't been there for um, a year, I think they said it was supposed to be a year before I start count those things start counting towards me. But because I wasn't there that long, it didn't count, which is kind of messed up. They need to change them policies, okay? But um, so that was very sad. And uh, my uh, caseworker was giving me, like, some good advice on what to do moving forward. So so keep in mind, guys, it's a pandemic. So I didn't I had to do a lot of this thinking and stuff by myself unless I called my mom pandemic or dad. I, I talked to both my parents pandemic um i have a mess in an in in the middle of an exacerbation um my husband is still overseas in africa um i'm like what else was crazy it was pretty heavy i just moved into an apartment 
and that was crazy. So they were telling me the back we're back at the rehab center and they were telling me, hey, man, I know you have stairs. And I showed them a video of the stairs. and They were like, your apartment is really nice. But because you have stairs, you um, it's going to really affect the day that you move out because you have to get well enough to walk up the stairs. And I was like, but I have a handrail. And they were like, but if you're in a wheelchair, how is that going to get up the stairs? That's going to be hard for you. You, if you have a walker, same thing. And I was like, man, my occupational therapist was right, man. Ugh. And I was like, I told my parents, I said, if if I'm if they're gonna discharge me, whenever that is, they have to know that I'm in a one bedroom apartment. Boy, I blink my eyes, and my mom said, hey, you're moving out on this day. Your rent's gonna be a lot cheaper. Da da da. Boy, I said, what the heck? overnight they got it done took care of it and then started they had three days to move into my apartment um and they got everything moved in those three days everything everything and a lot of it was still in boxes but they every day took stuff out of boxes um she got me a lot of new stuff she said these plates you know you only had like three plates like let me get you some pots and pans that actually look good and some more silverware and dishes because you know I all the stuff that I moved into my apartment was in storage for like two years when I quit working at Brentwood so a lot of that stuff um I either threw away at the time or just I forgot I didn't even know what was in my stuff or not but all my records my record player that was my mom's when she was in high school a lot of stuff right I was like oh yeah you know what I mean like but they took all that stuff out, put it in a cool place. And then it was just, it was amazing the work that they did in three days. They did so much stuff for me. Um, and I could really go on about the hospital and how they were suggesting that I that I bring home a wheelchair, that I get a, a different shower chair than the one that I have now. And because when I was in rehab the first time, boy, when I tell you I bought um, the tea in China, I bought everything, child. Because I was just so inspired by it, and I didn't want to, um, I wanted to have it. Even when, even when I was stronger and didn't really need it, I still had it. Because, child, I'm chill. And I, I was like, sitting down and take a shower? I, I don't mind sitting down now. Um, either way, I, I'm cool with just sitting down. So I was doing that, and they were trying to really suggest me to get a different, oh my God, I could go on and on about how they were putting words in my mouth and like making me, like, treated me as if I didn't know how to think for myself and I was like dude I have MS like I didn't have a stroke I just have MS like chill bro um it was a lot of stuff but when they they did this thing called parent training um a few days before I was discharged and because uh, my parents weren't able to visit they came to see like how I was growing and stuff and my mom was like just as annoyed as I was and I was like yo like it wasn't just me she was like no like they get on my nerves and I was like okay because I thought you know my MS I was in my moods I was in my feelings you know she was like no man and I know a lot of it was just them having to do their job it's like part of the protocol that they have to follow they can't just be saying all kind of stuff to you making you think that things weren't or things were going to be like this forever I don't know, but but it reminded me of when I first got out of the hospital and my neurologist was like, I thought you were going to be in a wheelchair. 
uh, for the rest of your life after he was like, I'm surprised you're walking in my office. So I was like, what? I was very surprised. So being in the hospital the second time, that's all I felt. And they kept saying like, do you want to be in a wheelchair? Do you want to go home in a wheelchair? Da, 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 wheelchair. And I was like, no, get like, if I'm going to go home, I'm not going to be sitting down because that makes you lazy and it makes you not want to do nothing. It doesn't you. How do you want to try when you have the bill, the ability to stand and reach for things and move around? But they're putting you in a wheelchair because, A, that costs money and they're going to charge you for that and they're going to get paid for that. And B, like, how are you going to grow? You know what I mean? So I, I just said no as much as I could. And they were very surprised about my medicines because I didn't have nothing. I had no medicines. They gave me a Miralax, which is over the counter. And uh, it's a laxative, which doc- Dr. Daniel Lehman, you know, suggests that you don't take a laxative because something like that can you you can become dependent on. And I took I asked for melatonin a couple of times while I was in the hospital, but one of the times they didn't work at all. Second time it would work, but it would usually be like I had to go pee and then I would come back to bed and uh just be up rest of the night. It'd be like three in the morning. I'd just be wide awake till breakfast and I hated that. You know what I'm saying? So I was like meditating heavily. Headspace is my jam. So I was listening to that heavily, but it was a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, like, basically, like, just to go back, back, I was like a go-to person at the hospital. Like, I was on the third floor in the hospital, and that's like the neurology wing or the head wing, you know, people with head problems. And there was my neighbors, both of them, they would, I would, it'd be quiet because I was by myself upstairs, and they'd be like, help me! help me in the middle of the night and during the day all day long screaming help me help me I had people in tears I was just like somebody help her and somebody help me because I can't handle and I'd be in a good sleep and then I would hear help me and I would have the tv off and then I would have to turn it on just to drown out the noise and try to sleep at the same time it was like hospitals you kind of suck you know um it was terrible. And I don't know how many times I was like, can you just bring me some graham crackers? And I was eating graham crackers out the butt. So I was very surprised when I stood on that scale and it wasn't like 20 pounds heavier. But I noticed eating junk food messed up my mood. Like I was in a super depressive state. And I was like, nah, this ain't good for me. This ain't where I want to be mentally. So... I was trying to change that. And even the nurses and the doctors were like, I love to get this. I love to eat pickles with my spaghetti, pickles with my pizza. Like they were like super unhealthy. And I'm like, you're supposed to be taking care of people, but you eating terrible. And it really like, I usually don't care. Whatever you eat it, you eat it. If you like it, you like it. But like I said before, like nutrition, sleep, and physical activity. Those are like the three things, all the three things that you need. And I got that from Sean Stevenson, Model Health Show. Um, those things were, that's all I think about now. So I definitely, I don't judge you hard, but I be thinking about it. Like if people say, you want some peanut butter? Peanut butter is, it's not terrible, but it's not the best for you because it has vegetable oils in it, like canola oil, bad for you. Um, I'm like, there's another oil that's not good. Vegetable oil in general terrible for you um so i you know i didn't know that because my parents have a lot of peanut butter shout out to my parents and i'm sorry 
for for blasting you but but you know if you don't know better you don't do better and they're not necessarily wrong a lot of that stuff was handed to them so they keep handing it down it's not only them they're not the only people eating peanut butter out there there's a lot of people right now listening to this eating some peanut butter um excuse me but that's all good but anyways the point is i left home not being able to walk on my own still super weak it felt like the first day because i remember crying in rehab when i was getting close to the end and i was like there's no way that i'm gonna go home walking free because i'm still using a walker and not by choice like but i think that they were taking it slow on me because they were super 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 cautious and which which is a good but i i kind of want you to be harder on me than they were and I hated that. I hated that. So that's how it was. So when I went home, I was in a walker. Um, and that really, basically, it sucked. Um, but I'm going to stop there and I'm going to go on to my listen, reads, and watches. And I also, I'm going to do a little unfriend of the week. Um, but I'm going to do that after the co- commercial break. So hang tight, guys. Hang tight. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. So hang on. Hey, hey, okay. Thanks for still being here with me because, you know, I talk a lot and I just have a lot on my mind because this has been a crazy 2020. okay? and I know, you know, I know you guys know not because of MS, but COVID in general has really put a lot of damper on people's spirits. Um, So I'm going to talk about my listens, listens. okay? so like, as you know, from the last episode. Um, that I got, I kind of like was a backslider when it comes to my faith and like Christianity. And I know Christianity turns a lot of people off. You know what I mean? Talking about Jesus all the time is like, uh, Bible thumper, chill. And like, I'm not that like knowledgeable about the Bible to be thumping, but like, I know that it's like a magical book and I say magical, it's probably like wild to use that word, but like really there's so much coolness in the bible and like craziness in the bible is the bible is just as juicy as any book that you'll be reading so much murder so much sex so much um like i'm trying to think of the word right now when you have sex with a family member and if you know what i know just shout it out it's like america says shout it out but um disgustingness right in the bible anyways and I caught myself trying to read those stories again before sleep. Bad idea. Because I was the main one wide awake. Okay. So uh, anyways, what I'm listening to is a lot of Bible stories on Pray.com. It's an app and it changed my life a long time ago. And I only got into it because someone on my end, no, my LinkedIn was trying to um, talk to me. And I don't know if he was trying to holler at me or just like get me closer to the works of Pray.com. And... uh so anyways, I was really interested in that and that was cool, but uh, I got really into the app and I've been listening to a lot. They have really awesome 
like music radio stations. They have sermons on there. All kind of stuff. It's a really awesome place. They have Bible stories for kids. Um, it's really like diverse, diversive. Is that a word? I don't even know. But it's like all over the place, like in a cool way. So if you're trying to get back into the word, that's a really great place to start. Um, and I listen to a lot of sermons. Of course, T.D. Jakes. I love listening to T.D. Jakes. And uh, I listen to uh, a lot of... Uh, uh, Brene Brown. Um, the book Dare to Lead. My mom's actually reading a book called Rising Strong. And she's like, every time, every time I turn around, she's like, oh my God, I love Rising Strong. Um, and that's she, uh, Brene Brown has so many amazing books. She has this book called The Gifts of Imperfection. And I remember when I was like super suicidal back in the day, I'm like, when was I not? But like, at one of my suicidal times, um, one of my directors, he um brought me to dinner and was like i want to give you this book to read and that was the book the gifts of imperfections but i didn't really even know Brene brown then so i was kind of skeptical but it turns out it's an amazing book okay and i didn't read it then but i read it years later amazing book gifts of imperfection by Brene brown she's an amazing human okay and she um grew up in austin texas and uh, I don't I don't remember or know where she lives now, but she has an awesome TED talk. Anyways, she's good. Um, Mark Batterson has a book about oh uh, I'm gonna pull it up real quick, but he has a book called Whisper, and my mom is the one who told me about that book, and um, I was like I want to read it, but um, I had canceled my credit card because I was like trying to avoid like. Uh, what is it? Fraud? Fraud? I needed uh, I needed to make sure that I wasn't like uh, they were like you have something something about fraud and I was like man I don't know if I you know was doing something that I I re- basically um, I knew one of the payments was like for my internet and then another one was for like or two of them were the same thing but I didn't know what they were to so I deleted it. Um, so the book Whisper, I didn't have on Audible. And like, I love reading books, but like, I love audio books because you can be like driving, working out, cleaning, cooking, and still be listening to a book. Um, so you can really be doing like two things at once or more things at one time. So that was really cool to me. And so I was like, gosh, I have to wait to get the book, you know, um, and I'm trying to pull it up on my dang phone, but it ain't working. Um, but it's basically like a, uh, he, he has a book called Whisper, but my mom had two copies of the book. So um, I started reading the book when I was in rehab because after they moved me, anyways, I'm skipping around. But like after they moved me in rehab, um, I was by myself all the way up until like the last day or two before I went home. And uh, that was crazy because my uh, roommate, sh- ooh, child, my roommate, the next roommate I had, she was another burper farter, loud talking lady, and she was like, <laughs> like cried. She cried every- all day, and she was like, "I wanna go home. I wanna go home." And the doctors and nurses were all up in there talking to her, and here I am just by myself trying to read, whisper. 
And this lady was just a talking fool. She just talked so much and she talked so loud that I was like, I can't even like enjoy the book. And so I eventually had to wait to get, uh, finally, I went, I finally, I bought the book once I was home, but like I, I started reading the book and I got only through the first, uh, first, like the prologue before the book starts. Um, and it was so amazing that I was like, oh my God, like this is the book and I definitely want to hear him read it. And like, he's a funny, funny reader. So it's called the, it's called Whisper. And I wish I could tell you the other book that I read every time I try to pull it up on my phone. So if I sound distracted, that's why, because I'm trying to do two things at once. But, uh, this app right now, it ain't working. And I'm like, dang, man, watch it be working when I, uh, when I'm done. But anyways, it's something about the lion and like, uh, something about chasing the lion on a snowy day, something like that. But it was an amazing book. I read the whole book when I started reading it. I was reading it, reading it, reading it all day, cooking, cleaning, reading it. And when it came time for like sleep, I stayed up all night till like maybe five in the morning reading that book till it was finished because it was too good to put down. And I love books like that. Um, I did that when I was, when uh, it was The Hate You Give, when I was reading that book, I did the same thing. Like I was reading, 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 fell asleep, and then woke up in the middle of the night and I just put the book, I started reading the book again until I finished it. I'm like, that just it brings out my inner childhood. I've always liked books like that. And I really, that's the five, my five wing, because I'm a seven, Enneagram. Yeah all about reading books on the investigator you know so it was really informative so that was a really good book by mark batterson and he's like funny like i was cracking up reading the book it was a lot of humor in both of those books very good very humbling and uh he basically said a prayer that you pray is speak to me lord your servant for your servant is listening and i was like Oh my God. He was like, no, if you pray this prayer, you got to be serious and you got to be ready because he's going to start speaking to you. And it sounds crazy, you know, but it's really true. And before I even read that book, one night I was in the hospital and I had a stream. It was probably like five seconds, 10 seconds. It was very short, but I was laying down and uh, somebody came through a door and like behind them, it looked like cafeteria lights or something. It was very bright. Um, so I don't know if it was like a hallway light or something like that. And I don't know if it was a doctor or an angel, but they had white, like from their skin face, they had short hair and like a white jacket on or like a, a coat. Oh, that's something beeped or, um, angel wings. I don't really know. Cause it was very short in their face. They didn't really have a face and they opened a door and then they paused there. Like they were coming in to tell me something. And then they paused and froze. And then it was over. And I was like, what does that mean? What the heck does that mean? I'm getting chills now just thinking about it. It was trippy. So trippy to me. Like, the trippiest. I can't even really, um, I don't even really know, like, what that means. But that was really crazy. So crazy. Um, And I was like... 
I feel like my brother, because my brother is one of them people. You have, a, he's like Joseph in the Bible. You have a dream, and he'd be like, "Well, that means when you when you cross the seventh, the bridge, and you're gonna go over seven times to the devil. like he'd be d- interpreting dreams so well, and it's crazy. Um, but it felt like to me the message was a door is about to be opened for you. A door is gonna be open for you. Like you're gonna be able to. And I don't know, because I don't know if I'm interpreting this the way that I want to, if that's really what it meant. Like, you're going to be standing and walking. You're going to, but something's coming, basically. And I don't know what the heck that means. And it's, you know, tomorrow is New Year's Eve. So who knows what 2021 is going to bring? Because we thought 2020 was going to be the bomb. 2020 vision, you know what I'm saying? It's a new year, new me. That's the quote, man. Everybody be saying that. But this year, everybody was like, and done. (laughs) So who knows, you know? But that's how I felt about it. Um, But anyways, if I find that lion book, I'm going to like pause and I'm going to tell you about it. But um, we're going to take another break. I'll be right back. Like, it'll be short. So hang in there. It's coming. dudes i'm back oh my goodness i had like low-key technical difficulties and uh i kind of panicked for a minute but um we back and i want to tell you uh about the lion book that i was talking about by mark batterson he wrote this book and he also narrated it and um so i was listening to this and these can kind of also go under reads because those reads are next but it was called In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day and How to Survive and Thrive When Opportunity Roars. And dude, when I say timely book, I really needed this book. Um, um, it's about the greatest regrets in your life or the lions that you didn't chase um, and the risk that you weren't taking. And I think, you know, moving into this apartment, working out twice a day, I was doing a lot of risks, but I wasn't necessarily thinking of them in a wise way. I was just kind of like going, going, going. The seven in me was like adventure time. Like I wasn't really thinking about how it was going to affect me and it it affected me real quick. And I'm really, excuse, excuse me. I'm kind of grateful that it did affect me the way that it did really fast um, but those are some of the books. Now I have several books that I'm listening to or starting, um, but I might talk about them in the next episode or what I'm reading. Um, so yeah, like I was saying, this is my reads. Okay. Um, and stuff I was reading, like I said, uh, the books that I was listening to was, uh, a lot of books that I was reading. So those count as both, in my opinion. And uh, another book that I was reading slash listening to was The Walls Protocol by Terry Walls, doctor. And uh, I, uh, I have her book and I mentioned it on the last episode. And it's like a thick Bible looking book, like a book that's like, dang, like, um, but a lot of the books that I have, cookbooks, you know, they're in my um, kitchen 
because I love to cook and that was one thing that devastated me about not being able to stand firmly was like oh my gosh I'm gonna I'm now I was afraid of cooking before I'm really scared now but I'll get to that all but anyways it was you know well Terry Walls was a doctor you know what I mean she worked in the hospital in the medical field and she was an amazing doctor like um and basically you know I think I mentioned it before like she was in a wheelchair she had secondary progressive MS which was the second stage of MS and it just kept declining her health kept declining and she kept getting worse and she was taking like treatments and infusions she was doing it all you know what I'm saying and then she just she decided to experiment on herself and and she chose to start doing functional medicine which was basically she was vegetarian and she decided to switch from vegetarian to paleo which is like hunters and gatherers type of diet like you know meats and and fishes and vegetables um leafy green vegetables and berries and fruits basically hunters and gatherers and how they got along and if you think about their lifespan from back in the day man they was living long time um but she basically changed a lot of her diets and she started seeing changes like you know within the next like four years and eventually 2007 she was pretty bad then come 2008 she said on mother's day because she was a very physical fitness person too she did a lot of trails she rode bikes like for miles and miles for so long um she did a lot of active stuff i think she played soccer i don't know if that's true um but she did a lot of like physically fit kind of things and you know it's like you you kind of mourn the loss of the things that you used to be able to do because you lose a lot of your motor skills when you um have a relapse with ms depending on how bad it is a lot of your motor skills can go um but basically with her diet like she went all in the walls protocol she went all in and there was there are different levels to this but she did the walls protocol went paleo it was very serious about it and she pretty much put herself into remission to where a lot of her symptoms have reversed and they're gone like of course once you have ms you always have ms but she um changed a lot of her um symptoms to be like pretty much you know they disappeared they were like non um effective like to her life and she said on mother's day she got on her bike and she decided to take a ride with her family and she said her wife started crying her kids were crying and she was crying everybody was crying because they couldn't believe that she was able to do that and um that really inspired me and i was like you know what but before i'm inspired by her let me look up some other um articles about um like testimonials from people who chose to do the walls protocol participated in the walls protocol and how it affected them because she didn't do this only for ms patients but for people with autoimmune diseases or chronic illnesses of all sorts because there are so many things out there that people um suffer from like inflammation inflamed brains and diets there's a lot of stuff right and so she uh she really showed 
I mean, I read a lot of different, I probably only read like two or three about people who also had MS. I think they were all MS stories that I read, but who a lot of their symptoms reversed completely because they were on the walls protocol or they were just significantly trying it, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh, like the game has changed. And like, I had been reading about her and right before I went to the hospital, I went to thrivemarket.com, love Thrive Market, and I, you know, I was a member. And so I put a lot of stuff in my my basket cuz I was like, you know, this is food and snacks that I'm going to consume. And then I ordered it and then I was in the hospital. And I while I was in the hospital, the food was delivered to my apartment. So luckily my sister and her husband were able to go to my apartment, get the groceries, and then they just kept it in their fridge. They have a freezer in the garage, kept it out there for me um, until I was able to be discharged. And that was pretty awesome that they did that. Pretty, I'm pretty thankful. And uh, while I was still here in the hospital, you know, upon the move that I talked about earlier, my uh, mom and dad and sister came over to my house and they moved a lot of my stuff. And one of them was the food and my mom eventually brought me some of the food to the hospital because I was like, I can't keep eating this terrible food. And that's another thing. While I was crying, I cried one session, physical therapy, when I really like looked forward to physical therapy because I like to work out and I just wanted to work on being stronger. But I couldn't even really get through this this particular session because I was just like emotional. And one of my trainers actually went to ACU where I went. Oh, my gosh. She graduated a year before me. And we knew a ton of the same people. And that was really cool. It was honestly like, God, like, I'm not kidding. Like, there was a lot of moments where people would walk in my room right at the, the right time. And she was one of them. And so we spent a lot of our sessions just talking, shooting the breeze. But she came back to my room one time. And she was like, okay, so my husband went to H-E-B for you and he bought you these two like simple meals from H-E-B and they were kind of, they were salmon meals. And you know, I was so, so happy about that. Um, So while I was in the hospital, I still, you know, since I had already ordered food, they were like, you know, you can take this back. And I was like, nah. So I still ate whatever food they brought me, but I also had them heat up salmon um, for like two nights. Uh, in a row because I didn't want to leave them there and then forget about it and come home and be like dang um so I ate salmon there at the hospital the last two nights I was so thoughtful like so amazing that they would have done that for me and I didn't ask her to do that she just did it out of the kindness of her heart because she understood and she also told me that you know she was with the doctor and she was having weird stuff happening to her eyes and she was like i am afraid that i also have ms and i was like you know that's how it starts because i was telling you in that my last episode how i had weird symptoms nothing ever with my eyes but they do affect your eyes because it's all up in your brain and stuff so much stuff is happening that even though i wasn't moving everything was shaking up and down around me in my eye vision it was like crazy weird man you know what i'm saying weird stuff It was like super weird and scary, but also so fascinating because I'm really into the brain and stuff now. So I was just like kind of terrified by a lot of it. And uh, but anyways, I read a lot of the walls protocol. And at first I was like real quiet about it, you know, trying because she's a doctor and she was talking about 
functional medicines and medicines and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't want to offend these doctors and nurses. But after a while, I was like, freak it. And I would just turn that volume up and be listening away. Because it was a lot of really good stuff. Really amazing stuff in the book, right? So good. Um, uh, One of the things she had was like a Walsh Protocol diary. And it was just like prompts for like what to write about if you're having like a bad day and uh the prompts were like you know amazing because they kind of like they just I'm like sorry if I sound crazy it's because I'm looking for it but it was like a lot of really good stuff that I um was like I need to definitely um it's called the walls diary and I definitely um was like I need to write this down because while I was listening to it some of the days I was devastated like um one of the questions was how do you feel today talked about how you feel like in that current moment and then she said what do you do what did you do just for yourself today like something you did just for yourself and these are good questions MS or not I feel like these are good questions reflective questions that you could ask and she said what did you eat today and how did it make you feel that's really important, especially for MS. Um, people with MS or any other chronic illness or just illnesses in general. Um, I realize that my triggers are um, definitely sugar. Not supposed to have sugar. And I can notice a difference like in weakness and walking. It's really bad. And I don't like that. Uh, of course, like grains, eating rice, eating carbs, like I think some carbs are good, like fruits have a lot of carbs, you know what I'm saying? And if you're doing strictly keto, um, they say no fruit, you know what I'm saying? Or like 11 blueberries and like 10 raspberries, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, that's like kind of unrealistic, you know, two strawberries. It's like, nah, man, that's not human. But anyways, you know, how how did it make you feel? Did you exercise today? And what did you do? How did it make you feel? And then... For whom or why are you grateful and what matters most in your life? That's so good. That's so good, right? And then what is your highest, your higher purpose in this life? What is your higher purpose in this life? Um, and then um, how long have you been treated with conventional medicine? And how is that working? And I'm thinking conventional medicine is like, you know, I tried Mavenclad. I tried to get on Mavenclad the first time. <clears throat> My insurance denied it. And I was like, cool. I ain't worried about that because I don't really want to do MS medicine because I didn't like the side effects. When I was reading about them, it was terrifying. But then the second time that I had an exacerbation, I was like, oh, no. Nah. I will take a shot. I will take whatever because uh, I want to slow the progression. So this time I tried uh, Ocrevus. And I only know that which is because ironically I saw too many commercials while sitting in the hospital. And I was like, this is really, really creepy. But a lot of people that I know are, are on Ocrevus or have been on Ocrevus or like Copaxone, which is like uh, the knockoff version. And they have said really good things. So I'm like, all right, it's my time. So I'm going to, I'm going to use that. So anyways, 
Um, so that's the conventional medicine. She said, what do you remember the first time you had MS symptoms? Tell the story. So, I mean, if you listen to the last podcast, I talk a lot about the first times I had like little symptoms that I was like, that was weird. But I didn't really, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about MS. You know what I'm saying? Um, what symptoms are most trouble, troublesome to me? Um, and I just read a little bit of that. I said, my ability to walk to walk around and stand tall is limited um, because the numbness in my hands and feet like you know I said I was I went numb in my legs and then it went away but numbness in my feet came back while I was in the hospital and it was pretty prominent for a while and then it kind of like dumbed down it was it's pretty much like uh, not as much as notice not it's noticeable but I notice it tremendously because I was eating graham crackers and uh, peanut butter and stuff that like sounds good is good, but it's not good for you. I mean, not good for me, my me specifically, and for my body. So I was having flare-ups and didn't even really realize. But I was like, food. Certain foods are definitely triggers. Um, and then I had to describe describe your stress level. Had to have you done anything to lower it. If that's not good, I don't know what's good, child. Um, And then I would say, you know, like 10 being the most stress and one being like just a little bit or or none at all, right? So I was like labeling my stress. And then what could you do tomorrow to make it a better day than today? Like, what can I do? Um... Another question is, are you feeling ready to include your new dietary-induced regimen? Like, are you ready for it? Because it is. It's not just like a workout plan, which is just as hard on its own. But like doing a regimen to help you get ready, you know, to include these. um, Excuse me. To get you ready for this new plan. And uh, basically like the ketogenic diet, which I was on. The first time, like 2018, I think is when I started it, Um, after going to the endocrinologist because I had numb legs during that Zucker Park play, uh, I went to the endocrinologist and I also had numb legs when I was still teaching and also lost my handwriting skills while I was still teaching, which was very scary and weird to me, but that's what happened and um, she was like, I want you to lose weight, which, you know, a lot of doctors say that anyway. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but at the same time, okay, I will. And so I got on keto diet, which I kind of started it because my friend at the time was on it. And I was like, okay, cool. And um, after I feel like after I started it, everybody and their mama was doing keto. And it was kind of annoying. Um, and a lot of people were doing it the dirty way. Like a pickle, hot dogs, with cheese and some eggs like that's not necessarily the healthiest and who knows what's in a hot dog okay it's not good for you and like that's another thing people are so ready to say no to this vaccine um but y'all eat drink energy drinks and you eat hot dogs what's what's in those what are in those nobody knows so you're really quick to say no to the vaccine because you don't know what's in it but you'll do a line of coke or smoke weed that they say is good but you don't know what's in that weed and i've been there because i loved i loved weed weed was my middle name so i understand that but i think that's crazy you know and uh 
basically like the walls diary was something i got from reading the walls protocol and uh it was just there was a lot of good prompts in this book like and um she was saying in the book like like to have nine to 12 cups of fruits and vegetables every day and then of course like some meats and stuff and she said um to not have the same thing every day like choose a variety of like leafy greens and oh my god I could talk forever there were so many things that I changed the minute I got home the minute I got to my house I was like I'm changing so much stuff man I changed so much stuff um so that's what I was reading and another thing that I read because I heard this guy um his name is John Lee Dumas or Dumas. I don't know. But he was on a podcast that I'm obsessed with called The Model Health Show by Sean Stevenson. His Instagram is like Sean Model on Instagram. Amazing, superly smart human. He actually, his book just came out today called Eat Smarter. Um, and he's a genius and he had super, he was super sick. Like back in the day, eating terrible foods, like the college diet, you know, it's just like grab and go food, fast food, whatever, slim fast, all kind of stuff. He was really, really big, really, really unhealthy. Um, and I can't remember how he changed his diet. I have to like really go back and listen to, cause he was actually a guest on, um, the brain warriors way podcast, which I'm still obsessed with. And I was like, who, who is this talking? He sound black and he's super smart. Who is this guy? And um, his wife is from Ghana, which I also love because my husband's from Nigeria. Um, Lagos. And, you know, I, shout out to that. So that was really cool to me. So um, but he would talk a lot about just like different like. I don't even remember what I was saying because I was so... Oh, he had John Lee as a guest on his show. And John Lee was talking about this book. And this this episode that I was listening to in particular was not 2020 episode. It was like a couple years ago that he wrote this book. And um, it was back when Sean um, Stevenson wrote this book called Sleep Smarter. And it was all about how to get better sleep. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, I think he said six to nine hours of sleep a night is is like good hours. Like six to nine or seven to nine is like ideal for when you want to sleep better. And that's really amazing. And uh, I had all kind of stuff in my cart. And then I just moved them to save for later because I was like, uh, I can't be buying all this stuff. And like Amazon is like awesome, but also it's kind of sad. So I was like, I'm going to be more selective about what I buy. But um, but Terry Walls, she was like, um, oh, anyways, I'm going all over the place. Let me go back to um, John Lee Dumas. So he wrote this book, right? And he wrote this book called The Freedom Journal. And it's basically about like setting a goal and it's just one now if you have more than one goal that's cool but um to me i kind of didn't like what it's because it mentions this in the book and it's kind of like if you 
have more than one goal and you want to set that goal um uh, you want to set you want to meet this goal like probably first meet your one goal and sometimes your goals go hand in hand like say you want to lose weight or sleep better some of this stuff comes hand in hand with what your goal actually is um but the freedom journal it's a step-by-step actionable execution plan people can use this only i mean i say only people can use this to really achieve their big goals um you could break it down because the book like is broken down into segments like it's not like okay set a goal and then go and write about it it's like um it sets you up sets you up on like uh like little they call them sprints you know it's like little like like if you're a runner you know how they do like um splits they're like, okay, that first split was like 10 seconds. And the next split was like, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're trying to run. So they break them down for you to little bitty things that you can do that leads up to the big goal. And they give you 100 days to complete the goal. Um, and it is a non-dated notebook, which means like you can set the dates. You know, you can you can start at any time as long as you do it in 100 days. And it's like something you have to do daily so that you don't um, you don't fall behind. And um, this book increases focus and productivity, and um, it's a daily planner to achieve your number one goal. And he has smart goals. Like if you are a teacher or, you know, have been in a school setting, you know about smart goals and stuff. But like the S is for sustainable. I think, hold on, let me pull my book out. I'm going to read them. Okay, yeah. Um, I'll go back to the smart goals because the S is not sustainable. So I don't know what I was saying. But... Um, I was calling them splits earlier, but they are sprints and they're like, it's a book that breaks down sprints, sprints and reviews. And like they do 10 day sprints where it's like to ensure you stay true to your timeline. There'll be a 10 day sprint where you will um, accomplish micro goals, which are like small goals, you know, that that gets you to the big one. And then there's a quarterly review which happens every 25 days and you'll review your progress to identify what's been wor- what's been working and where you're struggling and then you'll amplify the success and correct the areas that are weak right and i love that that's awesome but what what i noticed about the the book is it ain't just sitting down and writing some journals you got to really like think about what you want to do and like read a lot there's a lot of writing in here so it's not just a journal it's a lot of reading on top of journaling so that's kind of cool um ooh, and there's a rosa parks quote in here which i love and it says i have learned over the years that when one's mind is made up this diminishes fear i love that you know what i'm saying that's a really great quote and it's a very true quote when your mind is made up it diminishes fear. So that's that's me, like, when it comes to, like, the Walls Protocol. And even when I was starting keto, and then I the first time when I got the Meals That Heals cookbook, I was sitting down and um, sticky noting, like, pages, circle and stuff, and I made a grocery list. And then I went to the grocery store and bought, like, all of H-E-B. 
And uh, after that, I went, you know, even this second time around, I went to H-E-B and bought all of H-E-B again. But this time, you know, I didn't go anywhere. I just ordered it all online, which is a little bit more expensive because you had to do like a delivery fee and stuff. But he bought me pretty much everything on that list, child, because I know they if if I have to do it, you're going to get paid, too, because I used to work for favor. So I know what it's like. Um. And I like that having an accountability partner, the accountability partner that you use is the Freedom Journal. That's your accountability partner Um, because um, you can also add a real life accountability partner to go on this journey with. But this book is going to be something that you have to hold accountable because you got to look at the pages that you didn't do and play catch up if you didn't. And it kind of doesn't necessarily work if you aren't sticking to the goals, right? Um, so back to the smart goals, the F is not sustainable. It's specific. Um, you got to do something specific. Like first you set a goal and like, I want to tell you my goal, but I'm also like kind of not in a place yet to just be talking about it. Cause one thing I did notice was like the last episode, a lot of stuff is still true. rings true. I'm still getting, I'm still strong and whatever, like working out and stuff, but A lot of stuff is different now. You know what I mean? A lot of stuff that I learned the first time is actually coming into play this time around. So um, I'm going to just some I'm realizing that not everything is everybody's business. And I'm I'm still learning what I want to share and whatever, like probably close friends, maybe not nosy friends, but close friends. I may tell you to go because I have a lot of praying friends, cool, cool friends who love theater, love singing, but they also love the Lord. And uh, that's something that I really want and need in my life, you know. So anyways, the first one is specific. The next one for M is measurable, like um, measurable, like is is this something that you can measure and be able to do in at least 100 days, right? And I think my goal, it feels like I can do that in 100 days. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to necessarily, like, it says specific, you know? And the specificity, wait, what's the word? Specificity? Is that it? That feels like a crazy word. But um, specificity, there it is, there it is, came to me. Um, Like, I have... It's pretty specific, but, you know, the way that I see it and, the you know, the way that I would like it to be is like, I'm like, you know, I I say to myself like, okay, that'll do, but I don't want it to necessarily be like, oh, that'll do, that's enough. Now what, you know? So, you know, I really have to work hard at this goal. If I really want it to, to, to work beautifully, I got to like work hard for it, you know? Um, and that's like the quote, when one's mind is made up, the fear you have is diminished. So that's beautiful. So I like that they put that in here. Okay, so A is attainable. And this is like, kind of relates to the SMART goals in school. Like, like is it attainable? Um, is this possible? Um, how do you know? It's because you have the Freedom Journal, okay? That's what's going to make it possible. And attainable meaning like, that's the sprint goals. That's when they come in mind, like doing micro goals that'll help you reach the big goal, right? Like if you want to write a book, you know, you don't have to start by writing the whole book in a hundred days or in the first five days you write a book, but it's like, 
maybe write like five pages a day. You know what I mean? And then maybe that increases. But start small, but you you still got to start. And then R is for relevant. Like, is this relevant to like where you are in your life right now? Does this make sense for you to do? Is this something you want to do? Um, like, how relevant is this is this goal? And then T for time bound. Um, and this part definitely defines the Freedom Journal. Um, and I'm grateful to have it. Um, I'm grateful to have it with me. It's my, my companion on this journey, and uh, I really can't wait to get started and. Um, it's like 100 days, man. Here I come. I get, I got 100 days. And before I even started writing in this book, I counted on my calendar, like how much is 100 days from like the 1st of January. And I think it's like in April, April like 10th or something like that. So I have a lot of other goals, but that was definitely one that I was like, I'm for sure. I'm doing this, you know, and I know that I'm capable because I'm a reader. I love to read, love to podcast. I love to learn. You know what I mean? So I was like, as long as I'm I'm able to learn stuff, like, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? So, um, that's definitely where I want to be with all of that. You know what I mean? And, uh. Hold on. I'm just all over the place, y'all. Yes. So basically, I today's the 30th. or I started writing this stuff on the tw- 29th um, because I wanted to kind of know where my head is at come January 1st. I wanted to not like do it all in the first. I wanted to kind of have my goal already in place of what I wanted to do to get there. And... Um, I didn't want to, um, I, I kind of didn't want to be super last minute about it. So I started early to get started. And, uh, so watch, I need you guys to watch Terry Walls, her wall, her name again is T-E-R-R-Y-W-H, I'm sorry, W-A-H-L-S. She wrote a TED Talk. She wrote, she spoke at a TED Talk that pretty much explains the story that I kind of minimally talked about. She's on several radio shows, several podcasts. She has an Instagram because I was like, let me follow her on Instagram so I can see like what food she eating. Um, that TED Talk is amazing. I watched it um, while I was in the hospital one day. And when I say amazing, like... Cause it's not, it's not very long. You know what I mean? Like, so you know how some Ted talks be so long. Some Ted talks are pretty short that you're like, wait, uh, can I get a little bit more? It was like, just right. Like, um, it was like really informative and really like beautiful. Um, and it's called minding your mitochondria by Dr. Terry walls, minding your mitochondria. And it's only like 11 minutes and 47 seconds. So that that's short, shorter than this dang podcast. So if you're still listening right now, shout out to you. Um, 
that's very short but very informative when i tell you that i was so moved by that that um i was like okay like for real for real and it kind of reminds me of the the um my goal and the micro goals can totally help me reach like the full goals and like um and i always refer to the last episode that i recorded because i remember um making these goals with my mom and i was like these goals man they felt so like like kind of like a joke as i was writing them but when i go back and look at the goals um it's kind of like oh my goodness because i i did actually meet a lot of those goals that i didn't know like i wanted to have my own place and a job that i love making steady income i wanted to be drug free which i still am and i excuse me i did have a i did have a job that i loved but she she low key let me go which I, i was like lawsuit but you know i don't know and i know that rejection rejection is only redirection so i'm like that's just a chance for me to to swerve and move on to something new and something cool is on its way that i i just don't know about it yet um and i did a lot more zoom plays than i ever thought i was going to do had this awesome podcast which has been actually getting a lot of listens and i'm very proud of that i'm very surprised by that it's super cool um and i'm just you know i'm looking back at these goals like wow so something my mom and i did and it reminds me <clears throat> of the freedom journal it reminds me so much of it because i was uh a lot of these same goals are in my um they're like they relate to to um my big goal in the freedom journal a lot of these these same goals are i would say like micro goals that lead up to the to the big goal which is really cool um a lot of the things that i wrote down are pretty similar to what my main goal is and i'm really excited about that and i'm really excited about 2021 and not because I think COVID's going away, because I think COVID's going to be here for a while. I think, I think even after I hit my hundred days, we might start seeing some COVID stuff lighten up. But I really think Zoom stuff and virtual stuff will be happening for a while. And uh, at first, I was like, I hate this, but I'm really okay with it. And I still got cool face masks. Okay healthy ones and I will wear two masks two face masks on my face if that means you know being healthy I don't mind it um but that Terry Waltz that's an awesome TED talk minding minding your mitochondria I just really suggest it for everybody and especially people with chronic illnesses like it's really really a good book I mean really really a good TED talk for sure and uh for those of you who love the Lord um I watched this 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 church called Mountain View Church of Christ on YouTube and Facebook they do like their sermons live they also hold like Bible classes on Wednesdays and the last few Wednesdays because it's been um the holiday season that they 
they still record or they'll have like a short short session where they are like prayer requests put them in we'll we'll pray for you which one woman who is a member I think of that church she sent me a Facebook message and was like uh I like she just sent me a bunch of praying praying bunch of prayers of her praying for me and it was so amazing and it's always so humbling when someone takes time out of their life to sit down and pray for you and they record it so that you can hear it when I say moved and amazed oh like so awesome um but the preacher of that church he reminds me a lot of T.D. Jakes but like a little less charismatic but still charismatic um and he he's just really I love the way he speaks and he's so thoughtful and he just says some stuff man that is too good like it's too good to ignore like it's very good stuff and I'm I'm obsessed with it I'm really moved by his words and how much how much leadership has come from that church and I think people who maybe didn't feel as strong in that field they were such big leaders because of that because of I think his service and they're they're so inspired to be of service to others because of I think going to church every day and it's one of those things where I used to dread Sundays like I hate because I used to live with my parents you know and it was like virtual church uh I used to really hate it um, and then especially when I went numb, I went numb on exactly Father's Day. So it's funny that Terry Walls talks about she she began to um, lose a lot of her symptoms come Mother's Day, 2008. And uh, I remember Father's Day, I was pissed. I was super suicidal. I was like, what is the point of living again? Because I can't even freaking do my hair. I can't even I can't do anything. I was so pissed. And um I don't know. I used to dread going to church, but like, well, after going to the hospital and stuff like that, and then I remember coming home and loving. I just used to could not wait for Sundays because I couldn't wait to uh, hear what he had to say. I couldn't wait to be humbled, and uh, I don't know if I would have ever felt like that growing up in the church. There was a lot of stuff that I didn't like and a lot of stuff that was being said that I felt like was wrong a lot of problematic um rhetoric that I was like nah this ain't for me and I and I'm a kid and I don't know necessarily much but I don't it ain't enough to inspire me and even going to a Christian college was like man we call it almost Christian university for a reason child because there was a lot of um stuff that was just out of line up in there like a lot of stuff that they taught me that wasn't about the the world. I mean, the Lord. It taught me a lot about drugs and how to steal stuff like that. Um, but you know. But anyways, that was uh, that's what I am watching a lot of uh, services and, and church services, and you know a lot of uh, TD Jakes, which I just man. That's a good one. Y'all not, I'm not playing with y'all. That's a good one. And there is another preacher that I found on, um, I only found a sermon of his that he spoke. I only saw five minutes of it. And it was so good about how God wants you to sit in the situation that you're in because he, you know, you get mad because he ain't answering your questions and he ain't answering your prayers. He's doing it. He's because he's 
busy talking to everybody else and trying to heal their wounds and fix this person and do this for that person. And you're like, what about you? So you walk away like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Maybe he'll be there when I get back. But, you know, because that's what I did a few times. I walked away like, I ain't got time for this, man. Pass me that joint. You know what I'm saying? And then... By the time I had to, I came back, I was already numb from head to toe. Couldn't use my hands, couldn't do my hair, couldn't walk. So many things were out of line because I chose the wrong path. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think because I chose the wrong path, this stuff happened. But a lot of the choices that I made, you know, didn't help the myelin in my brain and my nerve cells. You know, a lot of it is diminished because of that. Um, so yeah, okay, let me move forward. So another thing I was watching while I was in the hospital, I watched the whole Selena series on Netflix. And yes, I seen the movie. We all seen the movie and I, you know, it was very different than the movie, but very similar in a lot of areas. But what I liked about it, cause, cause she had a lot of haters, the girl who played Selena Christian, somebody, um, but she was, I thought to me she did a pretty good job and I loved her relationship with her sister Suzette. I loved the chemistry and how they were cracking up at everything and uh that was so good and I loved like how they kind of showed you the behind the scenes and stuff that they didn't really show in the movie. Um the breakdown of how how the dad was, the, they they broke a lot of stuff down for you and I really was grateful for that. And it got my mind like uh, off of myself I wasn't sitting there pouting about everything going wrong in my life and I was able to think about others and, and you know I really love acting I really love theater and film because the ability to tell someone else's story and let the audience really buy into that oh so good another Netflix series that I watched that was really freaking good is called The Queen's Gambit oh and her story was so messed up. Wow. Um, but she ended up being like a, a brilliant woman player at chess. And I, it was so good. I think I want to watch it again. Like, it was amazing. So good. And that whole story moved me to tears. Like, it was awesome. So awesome. Um, Queen's Gambit, another show that I was watching on Netflix. Um, actually, my... Uh, my sister-in-law, my brother's wife, she got me onto this, and it's called In the Dark. And when I say good, I, I was surprised that she even showed me this, but the main character is disabled, like me, but she's actually blind. She was using a walking stick and stuff like that, but she was hilarious. Like, her sense of humor was amazing, and it reminded me of me, because even when I was in the hospital both times, people were like you you have the best sense of humor like you laugh at everything and you make jokes but I was uh, most of the time not trying to make jokes it's just who I am I guess and it probably was heightened when I was in stressful situations because I was like I'm gonna keep laughing but I wasn't necessarily thinking about I'm gonna keep laughing but it was probably subconsciously but she just was like one of the things that was really funny was like when people say like it's over there like the um his car is over there. And she's like, what is over there? Like, you have to be specific. And that also reminds me of the Freedom Journal and the SMART goals. The first one is be specific. You know what I mean? But I, I really I, I really felt that. I mean, there was some of the first episode, moments in the first episode, 
she was in the gas station no in a in a walgreens or like a um a drugstore and she went to the plan b she had to feel around for it <laughs> but she also excuse me was so familiar with doing that that she knew where it was and she skipped the line and acting like she didn't like oh i'm sorry i skipped and she skipped that line to to buy an emergency contraceptive which i thought was hilarious and super relatable and um she said, man, this is very, this is a very expensive habit. You know what I'm saying? And if that ain't the truth, could we say that about like weed or like Coke? Like those are expensive habits. And, you know, the drugs are already a lot. You pay so much for so little, you know? So it's the same thing for a plan B pill. It's like $50 for just one little baby pill that you hope works. You know what I mean? When you get that period, you'll be like, oh, thank God. Okay, this time I'm not going to do that. I'm, I promise. And then you do it again, have to take it again. You know what I mean? Um, so that it's just really funny that, but that was like in the first moments of the show that I was like, okay, who is this woman? Why is she buying that pill? She's she's wild, but she's also you know hilarious and she was beautiful. Um, so that was a good show too. But those were the things that I've I've been listening, reading, and watching. Let's take another commercial break because y'all, I just been talking, and I shout out to you for listening. Okay, we back, we back, and I'm gonna try to do this quickly. Um, the unfriend of the week. Um, believe it or not, I blocked more boys who kept trying to like find relevancy in my paths and in my life, which is really freaking crazy. Like, I don't know. My people, they're fearless, and I'm really like, how how do you think that now that I I want you? Um, when you didn't want me then, what makes you think that I'm going to be, like, all for it this time? That's really, really stupid to me. And uh, another thing that I just want to keep, I want to keep this in mind, I want you all to keep this in mind, is ANTS, A-N-T-S. And I got this from Dr. Daniel Amen. And he says, these are your automatic negative thoughts, A-N-T. Um... And the whole goal is for you to kill those ants. Because we want to kill the ants or get away from the ants. Because they'll bite you and they'll get you. And the bite will be on you for a minute and have you scratching and stuff. But kill the automatic negative thoughts in your life. Because that's what gets you. And that's what had me just insecure. And we're insecure because we're not finding our security in something bigger than us. You know? Um... And I just want to end it by saying, you know, this was a hard holiday season for most of us um, because of COVID. But but at the same time, I still had a pretty good time with my family, especially this holiday season, Christmas. And uh, on a good note, I will just say this. I'm not as dependent on my walker. Um, working on my strength slowly. I have to take it slower. I still walk around my apartment without one. I don't use a walker. I only use it when I'm going in public, which is very rare. I just go to like doctor's appointments and my infusion treatments. I don't really go to HEB or anything like that, partially because of COVID and how it's ramping up again. 
but partially because, you know what I'm saying, the walker gets in my nerves and it gets in the way. So I'm trying not to use it as much, even when I'm here. And, uh, you know, I'm getting stronger every day. And I, I'm mad humbled. And I know that I'm going to slow down in all the ways. I don't want to not be able to do theater again. But, you know, just because I didn't book a lot of stuff in 2020, I still at the same time did book a lot of stuff in 2020. And it doesn't define my skills or my success or lack of success because of that. You know, there are some shows that I'm thinking about that I miss and I want to do again. But, you know, I don't know when theater is going to be a thing again because as soon as they start like ramping up to do stuff they're like they shut it down the media or whatever shuts it down because people don't know how to follow the rules you know what i'm saying so wear your freaking masks i know that sounds annoying but like it it should be easy right now because it's cold outside so wear a mask cover your face and uh stay home because you're saving others when you do that I mean, I've lost a lot of people due to COVID or a lot of my friends or associates, people that I know have have had COVID and that's really unbelievable. And being in a hospital with COVID patients while you're dealing with another illness, it's really unbelievable. And I'm really grateful to God that, I mean, I remained unscathed, but that could change within 0.1 seconds, like literally can change. So be safe, stay indoors, and social distance. And a one final quote. Keep taking time for yourself until you're you again. That's from Lala Delia. Um, it's an amazing quote that I got from at We Are Urban or We Are The Urban on Instagram, which I, I love everything that they post. They're amazing humans. It's an amazing account. You should follow it. And uh, I'll see y'all in 2021. Let's go. Let's get it. Peace out, y'all.